It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. Six thirty, Chad. Here's what's going on in the NHL. Early in the third, Boston still up 6-1 on the Canadians. Pasternak has a hat trick. Jake DeBrus scored tonight. The Wild and the Devils 2-2 after two. Early in the second period, the Blackhawks lead the Stars 1-0. The Edmonton Oil Kings get going a little bit later on tonight. They are in Kelowna. They'll play at Kamloops tomorrow. Uh, played the uh, Chris Streveler clip from the Blue Bombers parade today. They're certainly parting in Winnipeg as they break the 29-year Grey Cup drought. Also of note, Kahari Jones signs a three-year extension to remain as head coach of the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, he was praised for his work there this year. So uh, the BC Lions and the Ottawa Red Blacks have coaching vacancies, and we really do not have clarity about Jason Moss and the future of his staff either here in Edmonton. Maybe we will get that before the end of the week. A lot of discussion about Bill Peters and that story in the first hour, and uh, I, I really appreciate it. Got a lot of calls, got a lot of texts. Uh, you can't read every text on air. I read them all myself. And I got to say, I, I really appreciate everybody. You showed a lot of maturity. You kept your comments uh, on the rails, regardless of what you had. So that helps us all, I think, do a show that we can enjoy and have a good, mature conversation. So thank you for that. But hey, you know what? We got a great story going on with our hockey team here in Edmonton because the Edmonton Oilers are 3-1 and one with a game to go on a four-game road trip. They're first in the Pacific Division. They're looking really good. They've pulled out some big wins. And uh, their coach, Dave Tippett, has given us some pretty good sound bites, uh, sound bites over the last couple of months. Today, he was asked, uh, you know, Tip, when you were hired, some people were worried that you have a, too much of a defensive style and you might hold back Connor and Leon. I'm not dumb. I open the gate. <laughs> Go play. <laughs> no, it's, you coach the, you, the coach's job is to maximize the players that he has, and you have different players bring different things so you try to maximize every player you have and it's no different from a penalty killer or a defenseman or even a goaltender we're trying to max out each guy and and Connor and Leon are the same thing you give them you know you try to play them in the right situations and try to let them do their thing and they've done it very well this year they have been doing their thing the top two scores in the NHL and Dave Tippett started off that clip by saying hey I'm not dumb Another guy who's not dumb, my esteemed colleague, the host of Oilers now, new to two every day on 6.30 Chet. It's my buddy Bob Stoffer. Bob, how are you doing, man? Not bad, Reed. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for uh, thanks for checking in. Always good to talk to you. Let, let's start there with the, the tippet comment because... That did come up a lot. Was he gonna was he gonna restrain the big guys? Would they be trying to win games two one? I mean look, Tip has said it. He he built power plays in, in other teams. Uh he knows what he has. 
but it probably even in the case of Drysdale, just building on what he did last year, they played almost the entire overtime. And uh, I, I think Tippett is uh, enjoying what he sees from those guys, as are the fans. I think what we're seeing here, Reed, is uh, an experienced general manager that has a terrific reputation around the league that's capable of making deals with anybody. Uh, and that has parlayed itself into, you know, uh, a trade, uh, you know, getting James Neal for Milan Lucic that sort of provided some clarity on an issue finally because it wasn't working for Milan here. And, uh, and then a coach who took a couple years away, uh, obviously, you know, has had a history of making the most out of what he's got. Certainly in Arizona, that was the case. And 21 point improvement in Dallas and 28 point improvement, uh, in Arizona. And to me, and I'll be getting Leon Drysettle to comment on this tomorrow because I've got the, I've got the audio. I'll send it in, uh, tomorrow, but he, he has found a way to engage everybody. Uh, I do think there's standards that he wants the team to to play by and to coexist with, but he's been very inclusive with the entire hockey club. That is the sense that I get. He's involved and engaged everybody. And I'll, I'll, I mean, look no further than the mom's trip. Every player that uh, you know was every player that was on with the team at that time. What were those two games played in the two games? And you know they didn't play great in San Jose. They made up for it the next time they went to San Jose and got like Sam Gagne, right? He he played in that game again on the mom's trip and got a goal and an assist against San Jose, and that was the good news. The bad news is the orders got routed, and then Sam came back in there the other night for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and he put him at center. And that line was terrific, five on five. Neil was fantastic in that game, and Chase on and Chase on threw a mammoth hit, which I don't think anybody saw, but it was the biggest hit of the year for an Oilers player. Uh, you know, a momentum changing type of hit. And then in overtime, they've got Sam Gagne on the ice with Darnell Nurse and Ethan Bear showing that you know there's a coach that's coaching up even when he doesn't have Nugent Hopkins is thought ahead of the options and the possibilities. So. I think Dave's approach has been inclusive. I think he's involved everybody. I don't think he's BS the fans through the media at all. I think he's been honest and direct, and I, I think that he's been uh, he's been balanced. He hasn't been too high when the league the teams strung together a couple wins, and he hasn't been too critical when the teams lost. And the one time he got a little bit frustrated in San Jose, I know he'd spoken to the team about it before he did the media availability. So he's certainly a factor, and that's what we got out of Ken Holland yesterday, Reed. He's certainly a factor in why the team's been as successful as it has been. Yeah, well, I like how you put that, that it's inclusive, everybody has a role, everybody feels important, and it always it helps the players are generally excelling in those roles, so that builds the confidence and the, and the camaraderie as well. Bob, I mean, for, from the years you and I have been working together, you have a phrase that you always use. You used to say it about the Chicago Blackhawks, who are on TV right now, obviously in a different uh, stage in their franchise than they were a few years ago, but you always said the Blackhawks can take a punch. And I've always said, if you want, if show me a good team, then I'll show you a team that can have an off night and still win. Are the Oilers? Where where would you put the Oilers in those two areas and maybe those steps of growth, being able to take a punch and still win, being able to have an off night and still get a point or two out of the game? 
Well, Garson McLeod, who you know as Wood Guy, tweeted out yesterday that the Oilers in November are plus five goals for five on five when McDavid is not on the ice. Uh, and that has been a development here and a sign that uh, Dave has been able to build something. Some teams have it. I, you know, we don't know if a team's an elite team until playoff time, right? That's when you find out. But I think the Oilers are a good team. Um, I think they're start. You know, they got two goaltenders. They got excellent special teams. They started the day, I think, second and second in power play and PK. The, the goaltending split has been 14 games each. Um, you know, he's starting to get some more productivity in the month of November. Again, I think it was like 12, four and seven against maybe five on five without Connor on the ice. You know, he's starting to get some productivity and, and even sticking with Granlund. Like what, 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 what's happened here is nobody has been disenfranchised from the process. Right. I mean, how do you get the most out of today's person? Uh, you treat them with respect and dignity and you engender passion in doing so. And so those people don't want to let you down. And I'm not talking just about athletes. I'm talking about everyday people that you work with. If you're in the position of leadership, you know, it's, it's not a time we're clearly seeing here over the course of the last week. It's not a time for power games or mind games anymore. That's, and part of the reason is that uh, kids are brought up smarter than ever before. Uh, dummies like me 40 years ago, you tell me to go do, oh, you want me to go do that? Yeah, I'll go do, like, you know what I mean, Reed? I mean that in all sincerity. Like, uh, you know, so children ask why today. And so, um, I, you know, and I'm going to go back to Brian Lawton. Like, he came on our show, uh, before we committed to, to having Brian every week on the show, but he came on our show probably, uh, late May and said, keep an eye on Dave Tippett. So I called him and he, he said, Bob, Dave is not a defensive coach. That's what he had to work with in, in, he had more offense in Dallas. He was, don't forget, he was power play coach in LA. Uh, he's a good power play coach, but he's got a great feel for players. And, uh, you know, he played in the league for 600 games. And he was a he was a bottom six player, and good penalty killer. And he played with some terrific players during his career. He played with Mario Lemieux, you know. And and so it's it's I I think he's played a factor, and I think this group has really become engaged. And so a belief has started to come in here. And when the coach doesn't quit on you, the team doesn't quit. That's my point with this. I look at Granlund. There's a guy that struggled through the first 17 games, and he's got three goals in this road trip. Jujar Kera, who's a very popular player with their fans, you know that. Uh, he struggled early. And now, you know, the Oilers have they've gotten some wins with him out, but he's still an, he's an important part of this group here. So, um, and, and I do think part of it's the entire, I think the players are winning help. But I think there's a lot of positive energy around the group and a sense of belief that started to happen, and that has given them it. And they've come back against some good teams like Washington. They beat good teams like Pittsburgh on the road, and they've done it differently. Sometimes they've needed goaltending. Sometimes they've needed to, to rally and score goals. Other times they've blown out teams, and then they've been able to respond when they've lost games and come back with strong performances. So are they a great team? No. Are they a good team? I think it's fair to say they're a good team, and they've certainly put themselves in a heck of position as we close in on U.S. Thanksgiving to, to be giving orders fans what they definitely deserve, which is playoff hockey, Reed.
Third periods going back to the first two games of the year had to come from behind to beat Vancouver and Los Angeles. First two home games, both in regulation time. The power play, Bob, has nosed into first place in the NHL after Tampa Bay p- played last night. The Oilers' power play, 32.4%. Tampa Bay's is only 323 so they're going to have to pick it up as we go along here. Where, where, where's Boston's? <laughs> oh, well, Boston's after. 31. Oh, you know, I didn't even check how many Boston has tonight. Uh, DeBrusque was a power play goal. Pasternak's first one was a power play goal. So they have two. I'm going to, I'm just going to open the, the, uh, that is, by the way, Reed, that is an elite team for me. Boston is an elite team. Like they're, they're bombing Montreal tonight. They don't have Bergeron. They're two for two on the power play. So they'll probably be first. Yeah. They'll be first. So, so I mean, there's lots of specifics we can get to just uh, on the practice today, and some. You know, I think we, I think we'll see Koskinen. I'll tell you, there's a chance that I'm pretty sure Jujar is coming back in. I think that might be at the expense of Patrick Russell, uh, who's been a fine support player in his role. Uh, obviously, they miss Nugent Hopkins. I don't know about you, but I could not believe how dominant Gagne, Jason, and Neil were against Arizona. It was unbelievable. Like they took those guys. To woodshed in that game tilted the ice all game long so there's some good things happening here all right before i let you go it seems to me bob the avalanche are in the situation the oilers were at the start of the road trip going into san jose playing a team shortly after they they beat you up pretty bad so i think yep. it's going to be a, a pretty angry avalanche team tomorrow they are healthier than they were in edmonton a week and a half ago though still not entirely healthy well, they don't have Rantanen. He's uh, said today that he's not playing. They don't have Landis Scott. They don't have Calvert, who, uh, you know, took a puck. And now they don't have Eric Johnson. He is not expected to play after getting drilled uh, by Kerfoot. So uh, I, they got, you know, Zdorov back. And to me, I'm going to wonder how physical they're going to be on Edmonton because I can't think they were help, uh, happy with how that game started with Cassie and lighting up McKinnon early in the game, and McKinnon got held off the score sheet. And I wonder a bit if they lean on Connor. And I think we're going to have a pretty good idea of that fairly early in the game. So keep an eye on uh, that uh, for tomorrow night. Bob, I know you had a busy day, man. Thanks for checking in. I'll talk to you on the face-off show tomorrow. Reed, I'll call you at 8 o'clock. There we go. Okay, oh, interesting. That is Bob Stoffer on uh, Inside Sports Tonight. Hosts Oilers now noon to two weekdays here on 6.30 Ched, and of course joins me on the Faceoff Show, color analyst for the broadcast on Ched and the Oilers Radio Network. Busy guy. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. We're still going to get to Kelly Rudy. We'll update the scoreboard. We'll talk a little curling as well. A big event coming up in Leduc. All ahead. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. We will get to our weekly chat with Kelly Rudy after the 7.30 news. Kelly's actually on the road with the uh, Calgary Flames, so he will touch on the uh, Bill Peters uh, saga a little bit. And, of course, Kelly will let you know what he thinks of the Oilers' play over the weekend with those two big wins over Vegas and Arizona. We're just talking with Stoffer about Marcus Granlund, how Tippett stuck with Granlund, even though 
Granlin didn't have a very good start to the season. He was scratched a couple times, battled through an injury. Now, all of a sudden, three goals in his last four games. Here's Tippett. He's coming along. He's around it. and uh, He's a smart player. You know, he's, uh, He battled a couple injuries in camp, so he got off to a bit of a slow start. But uh, now he's coming. He's, he's found a little niche with Haas there and, uh, and Russell and... and uh, you know, this trip he's been really good and he's getting rewarded with some goals. As a coach, how do you balance that when you know that you can't have a productive player? He gets off to a slow start, as you mentioned, with the injury. How do you balance between giving him opportunity and also icing the best team? Well, I mean, a player, a veteran player like that, he understands that the, the opportunity is earned. He's got to play well. He knows he wasn't. You know, early on he wasn't playing as well as he liked and worked on his game, worked on it in practice. And when he missed a few games, he he worked that much harder. And when he got his opportunity, he took, took advantage of it. That's a good pro. You know, he's a good pro in a, in a spot where he wants to help out. And, uh, you know, he's, he's been around a while. He understands the game and understands what he has to do to be successful. A little bit there from Dave Tippett on Marcus Granlin. Also, Tippett today after practice commenting on the Oilers' improved five-on-five play. I think as players continue to find their way and their and their role, and then you know early on, if you're not scoring, you're you know you're squeezing your stick awful hard. So we got a few guys now that have chipped in a little more, so they're feeling more comfortable. So right through the group, there's a you know I think when you when you're winning, it's it helps, or when you're competitive, it helps. But there's a good feeling in our group, and hopefully we can continue that along. Well, and, and Bob referenced the uh, the stat put out there by uh, by Wood Guy about the Oilers playing being a plus team five on five when McDavid's not on the ice in the month of November, and that's pretty positive. Uh, I, you know, I've referenced this. Uh, we talked about this last night a little bit. Somebody texted in and said, "What what's your major concern for the Oilers? Like injuries is is number one." You know, I, I don't know if the penalty kill is going to stay that high, but it looks pretty solid. I think the power play can, quite frankly, stay in the top five in the NHL, maybe even in the top three. And then, sure, is it a concern if if you if you're playing against teams that are really grinding it, that are really good defending, have good goaltending, that can actually you know take McDavid and Drysital out of the game? And it's hard to take them out of the game for the entire game, but for for parts of games. And we've seen some teams defend them pretty well. I thought. Going back to that Winnipeg loss uh, in the shootout the Oilers had earlier in the season, I, I thought they, they limited McDavid quite a bit in that game. Can you get scoring from, from other areas? Better lately for the Oilers down the road. You know, Can they do it night after night, chip in a goal, maybe every game, take a little bit of heat off McDavid and dry settle? Uh, absolutely, that's another question mark going along. But it, it is pretty positive for, uh, for the team lately. A little bit more here from uh, Dave Tippett on just the team play overall. Just, I, I like you know, our team. Like you say, the leadership of the, of the group has done a great job of making sure... You know, we brought a lot of new guys in this year. There's some young guys here. So the group is, uh, they're an upbeat group. They like each other. They play hard for each other. So it's, uh, from a coaching staff perspective, you look at it and you like the energy. You like that they're having fun. And I think that's part of why we're winning. There's a structure we want to play without the puck. And there's some things we have to do. And those are non-negotiable for those guys or whoever. You know, and they recognize that. But those aren't things that are hurting their offense at all. You know, it's when you don't have the puck, basically with players like that, if they don't have the puck, we might as well get it back because when they get it, good things happen. So when we don't have it, go get it back again or be in position to get it back again. And then when you get it, go do your thing. 
All right, that is Dave Tippett. Some uh, interesting comments today after the Oilers practiced in Arizona. Flew to Denver. They play the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow night. Five and a half minutes left in Montreal. Probably can't end quickly enough for the Canadians. Losing to their rivals, the Boston Bruins, 7-1. David Pasternak with a hat trick in that game. He's up to 23 goals on the year. We'll update the rest of the scoreboard when we get back. Kelly Rudy will make his weekly appearance. We'll also catch up with Brendan Botcher, Edmonton's own, one of the best curlers in the country, already playing for a berth in the Olympic trials over the weekend in Leduc. He will have those details. Now, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, by the way, with the Oilers, back in Edmonton to see doctors. Jujar Kara, who's missed a couple of games, should be able to play, is what Tippett said, should be able to play tomorrow against the Avalanche. We're back after the news. listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 8-1 Boston leading Montreal. Minute 27 left in the third. Minnesota is up 3-2 on the Devils with two and a half minutes left in the third. And late in the second period, Chicago leads Dallas 1-0. The Oil Kings get going in a little bit here. They are visiting Kelowna. They will play at Kamloops tomorrow. Kahari Jones signs on for three more years as the head coach of the Montreal Alouette. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics spun with a uh, modern twist. Uh, I really, Again, I really appreciate all the, the feedback and opinions and thoughts on uh, on the Bill Peters situation. Lots of texts. I, I do read them all. I've been able to reply to a couple say thanks to people for writing and can't get them all on air but uh, again appreciate that everybody's being uh, uh, mature and reasonable no matter what you think about this situation one guy who's close to it because he's currently on the road with the Calgary Flames and uh, broadcasts a lot of their games is our weekly guest Kelly Rudy Kelly welcome back to the show how are you doing well I normally start off by saying I'm doing fantastic and I guess I am personally but it's an interesting day I'm in Buffalo uh, along with the Flames for their road trip and as everybody's aware, and I'm sure you've talked about it many times today uh, on the radio and uh, in your personal life, it's uh, uh, it's it's uh, hard to sort of get your head around. And I'm I, I want to make clear though, I am not judging Bill Peters. I'm not uh, saying that he's guilty of anything. That's why uh, Brad Tree Living today said that uh, there is a full-on investigation going, and they will get to the truth, and then and then we can have an opinion uh, about. Bill or Mike Babcock or Don Cherry or any of these things that have happened in the last three weeks, but uh, it is uh, it's it's difficult to hear. I mean, we heard it last night after the game. Uh, had a game in Pittsburgh, and immediately after the game, uh, we had heard the accusations and and so um, you know I you know, I I've, I've been thinking about it for about twenty four hours now, maybe not quite, but pretty darn close, and I think. That the way I'm making sense of all this, and I'm going to put a positive spin on it, uh, is that I think you know me, and you've talked to me many times, you followed our family story. The biggest thing 
that uh, I hope to be remembered uh, with and or my family's work is it with mental health issues. And so I think if we can have something positive out of this, it's moving forward. And that being that for the young athletes out there, uh, people that uh, are, well, not even young athletes, pro athletes, amateur athletes, people that play for the school volleyball team, maybe the people that are in the band class or whatever organization, they, hopefully moving forward they feel like they have a voice because uh, it's gone on for far too long. And I'm not talking about just the last three weeks and things that are going on, but for far too long people in power have tried to threaten, intimidate, harass, belittle, all these sorts of things, people. And uh, for the most part, uh, most of us didn't really feel like we had a voice. Now, having said that, the great thing is, Reed, I'm only talking about a real small group of people here. Like, I think of the, the builders of the game. Like I, I had Al Arbor, you know, maybe one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game. And I can tell you, Al could be stern. He could be really, really firm. He could be forceful. He could get his point across. Yet, at the end of every single day, Reed, I felt like when I put my head on the pillow, Al cared about me. And I can tell you also... And this is why he's, he's uh, loved by all of us that ever knew him or played for him. He never once, Reed, not once ever got really even close to the line. Not ever. And, and this is an old-school hockey guy. And never once did I step, step in the car after a practice or a game and go, hmm, boy, did Al just say that? And isn't that kind of a little, little, you know, going too far? Never. And so my point being, there's so many good people out there, and we have to make them the example of what, what it looks like to be a leader. And, and we have to find a way so all these people that feel like they're being marginalized or being threatened or, or um, whatever the, the case may be, that they feel comfortable enough that they can share, because we need to have everybody in a safer place. Well, that's very well said, Kelly, and this is a very, I guess I have to use the word interesting, though it's obviously, uh, you know, not interesting in the, in the way I'd usually be interested in stuff, but just to follow what will happen with mm. Bill Peters and, and some of the other allegations that are coming out for some other players. So it's it's been, you're right, I mean, it's been a strange few weeks with, with some of the stories surrounding the big names, and, and this is another one on that list. You know, the coach-player relationship, it... It is one of authority, you know, it's kind of a boss-employee relationship, right? And it's, it's, it's different than, than other workplaces because uh, that boss really does have a lot of say in what the employee gets to do in terms of participating in his job and, and, and with his teammates. So, you know, it's, it's one you've experienced a lot, you know, uh, as a player yourself and probably one, would it fair to say that you saw and I know you had Al Arbor when you were younger, but also evolved over the years uh, in general, how coaches approach players? Yeah, I was really fortunate, Reed. Uh, so I played, well, I've been in this game since 1980. Like, I've been getting paid directly or indirectly from the NHL since 1980. So that's a long time. And I, I'm really happy to say that uh, uh the situations that I was in that I felt like this is really uh, wrong, um, I can only say there's only basically about two people in my life that made me feel that way. And so 
to a certain degree, I feel a little bit fortunate because I've heard other stories about other people and, and so on. And um, I, I just think that you're exactly right. When those people are in that position, though, and, and they know they have the power, and, and they know that they uh, carry that sort of weight that they can uh, greatly affect your your position on the team, how much ice time you might be getting, uh, all those sorts of things, and they abuse it. And I'm, I'm like I'm, I said earlier, I'm really happy to say I don't think it's uh, an epidemic in our game. I think there's an, enough people doing it, though, that we have to address it and make sure that uh, we don't have situations like this. I, I, I know I, I don't want to be naive and say what's happening right now is going to eliminate it together because that's ridiculous because I know this might go on forever, but we have to make sure that we minimize uh, how much of this is happening. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. You know, before the, the Peter story came out last night, I, I was thinking, well, i got to ask Kelly about the Babcock-Marner situation, which is, to me, just maybe falls more in the odd category that a, a veteran coach like that would ask a young player to uh, rank his teammates mm-hmm. in terms of... Uh, uh, how hard they work. Uh, I, I know, uh, you, you know, it, it's, it seems like the Leafs are, are, are quickly moving on here without Babcock at the helm, but had you ever heard anything like that before of the, of the Babcock-Marner situation? I hadn't, and then when I heard the rumors, I completely dismissed them. I thought, that that's just not possible. I... I was so dismissive towards that rumor. I was like, oh, come on, there's no chance there's any possibility this is accurate or truthful. And much to my surprise, it was. You know, And, and I'm, I'm with you. I mean, that's more of an oddball type thing, although it put Marner in a ridiculously uh, horrible situation. Uh, so I just think all of our conversations we're having now and – Social media aside, because I think there's a component of social media that is still uh, ridiculously mean to others, and uh, I just I don't get that concept. Like, um, I just think there has to be a friendlier place out there than if you're if you're hurting yourself and you feel badly about yourself and you're in a rut and stuff. You don't have to take out your anger or your frustration on other people that are just trying to do nice things for others. It just makes no sense to me. Kelly, let's uh, let's talk about what's going on on the ice. That's usually how we spend most of our time. Uh, the Oilers are yes. first in the Pacific Division. They uh, rebounded from a tough game in L.A. and uh, were the better team against Vegas, I thought. And I, I, it was a pretty good back and forth game against Arizona. And uh, you know, Tippett said they didn't have a lot of energy in the third, but they found a way to tie it up and uh, get the shootout winner. Drysaitel played four minutes and ten seconds of overtime, which was incredible to watch, but. <laughs> Does winning that back-to-back how they did, does that say anything else about the Oilers that maybe maybe we hadn't quite been ready to say yet this season, Kelly, or how do you look at it? No, I agree with you. I think it does say something. I Personally, I thought it's how they rebounded from last Thursday's game in Los Angeles where they might have had their, uh, the worst game of the season and they completely uh, underestimated the the LA Kings, and that was maybe a tiny bit of a little lesson for them, but they've come so far uh, for me that they were able to come back and win those games and uh, prove to not only uh, themselves but uh, the hockey world that this team is for real. They're they're getting uh, contributions, it seems, uh, from more people. I know secondary scoring is still an issue, but they're getting other 
some of those people are finding ways to contribute in, in other ways. Uh, their goaltending has been really strong. Uh, what can you say about uh, McDavid and Drysail? Just, uh, I mean, phenomenal to watch. I, I absolutely never get tired of watching them. I mean, that is, that is appointment to television for me now. You, you've got when the Oilers are uh, playing, you've got to watch them because uh, those two guys are special. They're they're going to go down in history as a couple of really unique uh, hockey players. I like how you put that appointment television, especially when overtime starts, because you expect them to uh, to, to end the game if they're going to get an opportunity. They're bring some pretty fun ones. Kelly, thanks for checking in, man. Uh, hopefully we're discussing uh, more about the on-ice stuff next week. Really appreciate your time. Okay, thanks, Reed. Nice talking to you, bud. Kelly Rudy checking in, joins us every week here on Inside Sports. It's now final in Montreal. The Bruins beat the Canadians 8-1. Minnesota beating New Jersey 3-2, and after the second, Chicago still up 1-0 on Dallas. You know what? We haven't, uh, we haven't talked any curling this fall. We're going to change that. Brendan Botcher, one of Edmonton's own, one of the best skips in the country. Huge event coming up in Leduc over the weekend. He'll fill you in when we get back. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Also, the Calgary Flames uh, say that Bill Peters uh, remains the head coach of the team, but he will not be on the bench tomorrow when the Flames visit the Buffalo Sabres. Obviously, this uh, story is going to be tracked for a while. Absolutely. Oilers and Avalanche tomorrow on 6.30, Chad, 6 o'clock face-off show, and the game will start at 8. In Leduc this weekend, the Home Hardware Canada Cup, huge event in curling because the uh, winner of the men's side and the winner of the women's side will already have locked up a spot in the Canadian Olympic Trials. Now, the Olympic Trials are a couple of years away, and the Olympics aren't until 2022, but they're already starting the process. So a spot on the line, and one guy going for it, Skip Brendan Botcher. Brendan, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for making time for us. Uh, you are a busy man. Your rink is very busy. I, I, this kind of an off day, at least from competition, though I know you're practicing tonight. Uh, tell us what just went down in, uh, in Penticton. You had quite a dramatic finish there. Yeah, we did. Uh, just finished up yesterday. Um, made it all the way to the final and managed to pull out our first win of the year, which felt, uh, which felt pretty good. Well, tell us about the the final shot in that game, uh, Mike McEwen. It sounds like he was he was going for the win, or, or how did this play out? Yeah, um, we were um, one up without the hammer going into the last end, uh, and Mike had a draw for one in the tie, or a very difficult sort of angle run back double, possibly for two in the win, um, and and he went for the hard shot certainly give him props for taking it on and we, we were fortunate that he missed it by by just a small amount okay so you guys got the victory and now uh, much closer to home the canada cup starts tomorrow in leduc uh seven men seven women's teams are going to be playing in this i obviously the the field here brandon uh, is exceptional can you tell us a little bit about it 
Yeah, it's it's the top teams in the country, um, and it's it's really probably the the toughest competition we'll play all year. And it, there's a lot on the line this year. It's the first available uh, direct berth into the trials here in a couple of years, so everyone's got got a lot to play for. Well, how much does that ramp up? And, and I know there there are a lot of events and a lot of big events. But how much does that ramp up the intensity when there's a spot in the Olympic trials on the line? Uh, it's, it's a lot. I think everyone's going to be playing a little bit tighter than usual. Uh, hopefully hopefully not us. But um, certainly everyone knows that there's just that extra little bit at the end. Um, and besides that, it, it's a huge event worth a ton of points. It's right in our backyard. So definitely want to go out there and have a good showing. Tell me just a little bit about there being a spot on the line for an event that's still a couple of years away, right? Because I know sometimes fans will say, well, wait a minute, like, why are they qualifying for the Olympic trials when the Olympic trials are in two weeks? What if that team isn't still together or isn't still playing well at the time? Does that factor into the athletes' uh, minds at all? Well, uh, for sure a little bit. And it is a little tricky uh, knowing two years out that you're already in the trials. Um, uh, it does help, though. I mean, it allows you to lay out your schedule exactly how you'd like for the next couple of years as opposed to having to play the maximum number of events possible to try and keep earning points to try and get one of the later spots. So it is nice that way. Um, that said, it is it is tricky. There have been some teams that have qualified early and they've struggled to to play at their absolute best for the next couple of years. Your rink, you guys have been together three years, Kark, Martin, Bradley Thiessen, Darren Molding, and uh, obviously a couple of you, three of you guys go back even further than that. Um, I, I mean, does it, is it a family at this point, Brendan? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, you've been in yeah, it for the long know, haul? We are, um, and that's, that's awesome. There's not a lot of continuity along um, among the, the top teams and I'm really fortunate that we have a lot of that on our team. I really think we get together great on and off the ice uh, and, and it's really a lot of fun being on the road with these guys so that makes it easy. Alright, well it's always great to have you on the show Brendan. I know we've talked to you a lot over the years and uh, it's great you've been a repeated guest here on Inside Sports. All the best in Leduc at the Canada Cup. Awesome, Kay. Thanks, Reed. Brendan Botcher, always good to have him on the show. We will follow that bond spiel over the weekend in Leduc, the home hardware Canada Cup. Also today, the Canadian Elite Basketball League has named Edmonton the host for the 2020 championship weekend. We're looking ahead a little bit, but I know a lot of people follow this team. The league's back for a second season. They added a seventh team in Ottawa. So the championship weekend will be August 14th to 16th at the Edmonton Expo Centre. Still going to be a 20-game schedule for the Edmonton Stingers and everybody else in the league. 10 home and 10 away. They will change the playoffs a little bit. Now, as hosts, uh, Edmonton gets into the championship weekend automatically. Uh, and they'll also have uh, quarterfinals this year. So six out of the seven teams will make the playoffs. They had a four-team tournament last year in Saskatoon, and uh, Saskatoon wound up winning that. But the CEBL had a pretty good opening season. The Edmonton Stingers had a pretty good opening season. Back for another year. They're also going to be streaming all of their games this year as well through, uh, through CBC Gem and cbcsports.ca. So it's good. It was good basketball. I got to go to a game 
in the inaugural season this past summer. Pretty good pace. Uh, some guys I watched at the U of A playing for that, other players from around Canada and the United States. They did, they did a good job with that league. Hopefully it's another successful season. Okay, we are winding her down. Final look at the scoreboard here. Still one nothing. Chicago leading the Stars early in the third. Boston hammering Montreal 8-1. And Minnesota sneaks by the New Jersey Devils 3-2. Suter with the game winner early in the third. You heard from Bob Stoffer, Kelly Rudy, George Larac, Brendan Botcher. Really appreciate all the texts and phone calls as well. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. Your studio producer this evening is Kellen Kennedy. Six o'clock tomorrow, face-off show. The game is at eight. Second meeting of the season between the Oilers and the Avalanche. My name is Reed Wilkins. Adler is next. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.